Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Big game coverage on WEEI is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. How excited are you for the draft? You got the third pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah. And now it's on your shoulders. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. What I will say is this. We're going to draft the best player for a position that is very important. You put the pieces together. (laughs) (laughs) Gerard Mayo yucking it up with Steve Burton just a few short weeks ago. (laughs) A quarterback, yeah. Those were the good old days. Like, I like the, I long for those. I yearn for those days. Talking about burning cash, drafting quarterbacks at three. Now we're hiring Ben McAdoo and Alex Van Pelt and talking about drafting tackles third overall. Those, Honestly, were, the, those it, were the good old days. No, all of a sudden, <laughs> we pivoted all these, like, old man moves. Huh? All these old man moves. Bring in Alex Van Pelt, maybe Ben McAdoo. These are like old man moves. And now, oh, you, what you really need is an offensive lineman, not the quarterback. Old man moves. Yeah. Good football starts with an offensive line. I, see. I guess what I'm really saying, I mean, that's you. even though he's not yet 50, these are Gresh moves. Okay, but, that, <laughs> but that's you. You want the you want the tackle. No, you're, you're totally misconstruing my opinion. I, have I feel not, like I've heard a lot of tackle are, talk out I, of you two the last may, year. May I finish? Well, Arcan, yeah. Arkan, have I once this offseason said you should draft a tackle with the number three pick. No, no one's done that. Jones Thank is exaggerating. You. Okay. Thank you. But do you constantly talk about needing a tackle? You do need tackles. Okay, you don't I, have a tackle on your roster so right this, now. This sounds like you. Uh, but it's our number three, Jones and Mega with Arkan. Wanting you know, to W-E-E-I. address that position and wanting to spend the third pick on it are two different things, Jones. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't sit here and pretend like tackles don't exist in the league. You guys have been lamenting no tackles for the last year. Now they're yeah, drafting the a tackle and you don't like this that. Year. You're right. The I, tackles were really good. I don't need the tackle at three. You and I've never saying I've also been lamenting wide I've receiver. never needed it. I've been lamenting mm-hmm. wide receiver, too. I'd rather they draft a wide receiver. Okay. I've been lamenting every single part of the offense. That doesn't mean anything. Just because you lament the offense and every part of it sucks doesn't mean you want to tackle a third 
sport overall. I just I wouldn't be lecturing like the old timey view. Oh, that sounds like the old timey view of football when you guys have been saying it for the last year. Tackle, 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 tackle. Get a freaking tackle free agency. I was talking about. Get a tackle and free agency. I'm not quite sure what I'm misconstruing there, but we'll get to your phone call. Because you make it sound like I agree that I want to take the tackle with the number three pick, which is absolutely something I've never said in my whole life. I just I don't think the tackle is all that important. Get the quarterback. right. I don't think it's as important as the number three pick. Get the quarterback right, and it'll all fall into place. Uh, We'll get to your feedback on all this. 617-779-7937. That's coupled with our conversation about Theo Epstein, uh, his role coming into focus. Truck day today. Not that anybody cared, except for Red Sox employees mandated to go show up. And on top of that, the athletic survey that doesn't believe in the direction of the Red Sox. I think a lot of you would agree. You can jump in on that. Also, retiring uh, Marcus Smart's number, his return last night. How much did the Celtics miss him? You can jump in on all of it. But... This offseason plan for the Patriots, Mego, mm-hmm. and it's our big question of the day up now, at Jones and Mego, how do you feel about the Patriots' post-Bill Belichick plan thus far? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Or are you questioning if there even is a plan? Plan? What plan? Uh, you can continue to vote. You can dial us up on it. How do you feel about it, Mego? I feel like after planning for several years, it seems like, to have Gerard Mayo as your head coach, there's not a whole other, lot of other planning going on. It's like taking everything as it arises. And and I feel like we got a little hint of this when Gerard Mayo was named the head coach and we had the press conference just days after the Bill Belichick press conference. And the narrative was like, well, there's a lot to turn over. We're going to see where Bill O'Brien goes. We're going to see where Steve Belichick goes. We're going to interview a bunch of people for offensive coordinator. And instead of it looking like, at least from the outside, instead of it looking like a very deliberate system of going this is exactly the kind of guy that we want or this is our vision for the next offense that we're going to have it's just kind of like oh Elliot knows a guy should we bring in Elliot's guy oh we like him all right let's sign him let's sign him right now who's running the draft uh I don't know maybe Elliot will (laughs) you know like what is this plan because I'm really focused on uh, obsessing over who is going to be making the calls in free agency and with the draft, because those are the things that really matter. Like, who's your offensive coordinator going to be? Who's your defensive coordinator going to be? Yes, these things matter, but what you really need is talent on this team. And so I'm concerned about what the plan is for picking your talent, evaluating your talent. Developing that talent is very important. But when I look at it, I just go, they're either being incredibly clandestine about who's going to be making these decisions or it, that's it's, giving them too it's, much credit. It's a process right now of deciding who's making those decisions. It doesn't feel like their search was clandestine at all. They told us they had 11 people they wanted. That's not that's not like a secret search. But that's different than like who's going to be running the draft, who's going to be running no, free agency. True. I just I don't want to give them too much credit. I, I think they have a little bit more of a plan than you do. I'll, I'll give them credit for plan Z. But it's not a great plan. I hate it. Arkan, how do you feel about it? I feel like they don't really have one. And I, if they do, like if it, if it comes out that there was more to this than we know right now, then I'll change my mind to I hate it as opposed to what plan. But right now it just sort of seems like they had a plan with Gerard Mayo, and that's, you know, no doubt about that. And that's the important one, obviously, because that's the head coach. They did have a plan with that. That plan was executed, and you can't, you can't deny that they were deliberate and proactive when it came to the head coach. The rest of it has all been very, it almost feels reactionary. A lot of it has been 
uh, candidates just flat out turning you down. And I think that, you know, Covington was an easy promotion there for Mayo and someone that he wants to have as his right-hand man on the defense, and that's fine. I like that uh, that move, actually. But as far as the offensive coordinator search goes, it didn't go well. You know, like, there's no way there's no way to dress it up. Like, yeah, you might like Van Pelt because you like the way the Browns were able to win games with all the quarterbacks last year. I kind of like that about him, too. But you can't say that the search went well. The search didn't go well. Van Pelt was very late to the game, and it was after a lot of other people had already come and gone or had uh, taken, gone back to their old job or taken a job somewhere else. And Van Pelt was not somebody who had another job to go back to, so that's another thing that I think you have to keep in mind here. He may end up being what this team needs. He may end up being what a young quarterback needs, but this was not the plan. Like This is why I say what plan, because they just ended up settling for a guy after 11 people said no. Arcan, so just really quick, Arcan, doesn't it feel like two different worlds, though, when you talk about how they're dealing with the defensive side of the ball versus the offense, and the offense is where you need work, and the defense is like, well, we have so many people to choose from, and we have very clear vision, and the offensive side, it's like, does Elliot know anybody? Yeah, well, for the defensive side, they had two in-house candidates that I think would have been good either way. I think Steve Belichick would have been someone worth promoting if they wanted to. I mean, it wouldn't have looked great, but I don't think he would have been terrible at it. And I think Covington, with that defensive line, he did good work with them. So I think that that's a a natural place to do it, too. They don't have anything on offense to be proud of. They have several different parts of the defensive coaching staff where a promotion was probably due. They have nothing like that on offense. Jeff Howe writes uh, at The Athletic over the weekend, in-house candidates Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh have been under consideration for the GM job. If it's Wolf running the show, and it sounds like it is, based on all the hires, what Mike Reese wrote over the weekend, it sounds like it is Elliot Wolf. Expect the Patriots to give a long, hard look at drafting a left tackle with the number three pick. Which you get, sigh all you want back there. This uh, you guys want the offensive line. I do not want that at the third overall pick. Want, Stop so, saying that. Somewhere, somewhere along the lines, you guys want this guy. Arcan, so, we know. We know I, that they should draft a tackle somewhere or they should bring in tackles in free agency somehow here's what because I get you to. need tackles on your roster. Here's what I want to get to. I'm not even worried about that. Get the quarterback. So when it comes to Elliot Wolf, this is the first indication, I think, of how much we're going to know whether or not Jonathan and Robert are meddling. Robin Glazer is meddling. And trust me, I think they are. If Elliot Wolf wants a tackle and they don't draft a tackle and they take a quarterback, ownership is meddling. Right? If Elliot Wolf according to Jeff Howell, wants a tackle, and Elliot Wolf is the GM, which Mike Reese is saying, and they don't draft a tackle, and they take a quarterback, then ownership is meddling, which in this case, I think is a good thing. I'm okay with ownership saying, take a quarterback. We're drafting at three. Don't be idiots. Take a quarterback. Just don't tell me they're not going to meddle and they don't care and they don't want their hands in football operations because they're going to have their hands in football operations, which is my real fear about this team going forward. Jonathan and Robert, maybe Robin Glazer, are going to have their hands in this pick. And if Elliot Wolf wants a tackle and they don't get a tackle, then Elliot Wolf's not running the show. It's probably ownership. Is that fair to think? So I don't think Robin Glazer's going to have any role in that. I will say if I connect the dots of the little bit of information that we're getting here or there, like that everyone is getting publicly, if you look at the letter that their crafts put out, to their season ticket holders, they point to true to Drew Bledsoe with the number one overall pick. They said they haven't had a draft like this in yeah. thirty years. So you think they're that, gonna have their hands on the looks pick? Like, that looks like they want a quarterback. If you listen to Drawn Mayo in the clip we just played with Steve Burton, he's being cutesy, he's being fun. It sounds to me, I don't know, I feel like a common sense person. It sounds like he wants a quarterback. So I I would guess that he's saying something more in line with what he's hearing know, from his Mega, bosses. But Mega. I'm just connecting the dots. I think they're probably going to take a quarterback. Right. 
So I would look at that and say, okay, if Elliot Wolf wants to take a tackle and they move quarterback, then Elliot Wolf doesn't have that much power in terms of the personnel. So this is our first indication. This if, if Elliot Wolf is letting it be known that he wants a tackle and they draft a QB, maybe this is his way of distancing himself from the pick, or maybe this is uh, a way of getting out that ownership is going to have their hands all over it. And I think they're going to, I've always thought they're going to have their hands all over this pick. I think part of the reason Bill is gone is they want more control. What do you guys think? 617-779-7937. How do you feel about the Patriots and their off-season plan? It's our big question of the day. Up now, at Jones and Mego, do you love it? Somehow 19% of people love it. They're like, yes, Ben McAdoo, yes. 13% hate it. 68% say plan, what plan? Uh, You can continue to sound off there. Arkin with all the latest and trending, and we're right back. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Jones and Mako with Arcane. All right, ladies and jelly spoons. Jelly spoons? Yeah, that's right. That Arcane makes this is like, show oh. sounds so young and cool. It does. We're the oldest, lamest, young hit show ever. On WEEI. I think after speaking to a number of people who know Alex Van Pelt, because I really, to be quite honest with you, once it was very clear that he was going to be the guy, I didn't know all that much about him. So I made a few phone calls, and I would say the one big concern is how is he on game day? What is he like on Sundays? How is he as a play caller? He called plays in 2009 for one of the worst offenses in the league. In Buffalo, he called plays on two different occasions for the Browns. It's a big question mark for even people who know him and know him well. Now, the pros are been around a lot of quarterbacks, been around a lot of different systems, should be able to mold this offense around whatever young quarterback you expectedly bring in here. And he's a, he is, Burr put him as a glue guy. He is a phenomenal culture fit is how he's been described to me, which quite frankly, I think they need on that coaching staff. So that is a positive for him. We played that clip for you earlier from Phil Perry on early edition NBC Sports Boston. Listening back to it, when Phil's like, yeah, I didn't really know a lot about this guy, so I had to do some legwork. I said a hit. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty telling. Phil's somebody who... (laughs) Does Phil watch a lot of football? Pretty locked into the league. And, like, he's covering the coaching search. He's covering the search for... Like, did you read how much Phil wrote about, like, the Shanahan tree? The McVay tree? Like, he wrote all the... Before they even hired anybody. 
He just like wrote about the tree with all this league sourced intel. And so he's covering the coaching search. And he's pretty plugged in on it. And he's like, Alex Van Pelt, yeah, I don't really know much about him. You mean Phil didn't have a story on the Dick Geron coaching tree? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, I just, I think it's somebody's plan. I don't think it was their plan A. I think it was plan Z. I'll give him credit for it being a plan, but I hate it. Alex Van Pelt, Ben McAdoo, you know, more Green Bay Packers from the McCarthy tree. And this is where I push back on text at 37937. You know, Jones, do you like anything? Well, yes, I like Theo, if you've been listening. I've been very clear. I've been the most positive on Theo out of anybody maybe in the city. I'm the one person who's not calling it a PR stunt. So, yes, there are some things I like. But when it comes to hires like this, Mega, we've taken a million phone calls. You know, from Michael Vick to Bobby Slowick to Ben Johnson, right? Was it Shane in Plymouth who keeps suggesting Michael Vick? Like, we've taken a lot of suggestions about head coach replacements for Bill Belichick, offensive coordinators, quarterbacks coaches, Uh, quarterbacks, gurus, offensive, uh, you know, analysts and things like this. All kinds of suggestions. I never got a suggestion for Alex Van Pelt. I never got a suggestion for Ben McAdoo. We mock Mike McCarthy. Now they're bringing in Mike McCarthy's coaching tree, and I'm supposed to be like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted. We sat here and told you for weeks, months, exactly how I wanted it to go with Bill Belichick out of town. I'm happy they moved on from Bill. I'm happy that they may be looking at a quarterback high in the draft and moving on from Mac Jones, whether they bring in a free agent, trade for Justin Fields, draft a quarterback. Moving on from Mac is great. Moving on from Bill is great. But I haven't liked what they've done since that decision. And it feels like it gets worse by the day. Like, I didn't love the idea of Nick Cayley. I didn't love the idea of Zach Robinson. But those, it sounds like Bill Walsh compared to Ben McAdoo and Alex Van Pelt. Like, those sound like so much better hires. I'm going to exclude Zach Robinson for what I'm saying here because it's, it's not the same. Like, up until the Alex Van Pelt announcement, it sounded like everybody in the region thought it was going to be Nick Cayley. And yes, inclu- and not just, you're talking about like, like reporters. Yes, plugged in people, people not just like talking to people, not just talk show radio callers. Idiots yeah. like yeah, us. They were right. close to a deal, right? right yeah. So. I look at it and I go, well, at least if that's the alternative, my focus for this offseason and for this upcoming season is the quarterback. The quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. Not the tackle, 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 the quarterback. And so if you went out and you got a guy in Alex Van Pelt who is the quarterback's guy, that seems to be his entire resume. He's a quarterback's guy. He doesn't call plays. He's a quarterback's guy. He was a quarterback's coach. He worked with Aaron Rodgers. And you can talk about the quality of the other quarterbacks he's been with. Yeah, they were bad. But my point here in looking for the silver lining is maybe you didn't get what you wanted, but you got what you need. Because I don't have as much faith in Nick Cayley because he doesn't have the experience on his resume to bring along a quarterback. Now, at least Alex Van Pelt has a ton of experience with different quarterbacks, and that seems to at least be his expertise. Is he going to be successful with whatever quarterback in whatever way that they end up with? I don't know. But if you're looking for silver lining because you're going, I actually never really heard of this guy and had to go to his Wikipedia page, and I see there's not a ton of teams outside of Aaron Rodgers that Aaron Rodgers Packers that I love his experiences with. Well, at least it shows you that it seems like the Patriots are focused on the quarterback as well. Enough that they they decided to go with a guy who doesn't call plays because he seems to be the quarterback guy. I just, I can't bring myself to like it. And, and I guess if I'm being honest, I, I should take back what I said about Nick Cayley 
and uh, Zach Robinson. Like, I don't want Bill guys. And Zach Robinson is more of a gray area. Kaylee's definitely a Bill guy. Robinson was here as a player, but never as a coach. So maybe I could have been talked into that one. I'll take these guys over that. But like, you know, we talked Frank Smith, Bobby Slowick, Ben John, like all these names. And some of those might have had to be head coaches. We talked about all these names all offseason. All those guys stayed in their stayed in their roles. No, it's true. Like, but like left, a yeah. bunch of McVeigh a bunch of McVeigh guys have gotten jobs. So like you couldn't get any of them? You know, Zach Robinson is a McVeigh guy who got a job. You can't get Zach Robinson? You were no, interested in him. you're not an attractive destination. And so, to me, that that's the problem. And, look, maybe Alex Van Pelt will work out. I'm not telling you he definitively won't work out. I don't feel great about it. He might work out. Maybe Ben McAdoo is going to work out like he did his first year in New York and less like his second year in New York. Or he when was, he was the offensive coordinator before he got promoted. He was the he was a darling in New York sure, those years. You know, then he ran the thing for one year and then ran it into the ground in year two. Like, really, he was no better or worse than Joe Judge or Brian Dayball. Like, he's like a lot of these coaches who was okay in year one and sucked in year two. And he was better than Judge. Maybe that's unfair. But it's very, sim- very similar to Dayball. Like, very similar to Dayball. Yep. Made the playoffs in year one, crashed and burned in year two. Dayball kept his job. He didn't. So, and he's like the assistant to the head coach. Like, he's like above it all, which I don't get. I don't get. And I just don't feel good about this working out. And at bare minimum, no one told me to hire Ben McAdoo. And no one told me to hire Alex Van Pelt. I didn't hear that one time. Uh, So you guys can jump in with our big question of the day. How do you feel about the plan post Bill Belichick? Uh, We have triple play standing by at 445 about 20 minutes from now. In the meantime, Kevin and Brookline's waiting patiently on our Marcus Smart discussion. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, Jonesy. Hey, Mego. How are you today? Doing well. What's up, Kevin? So, uh, Mego, you okay after yesterday? Yes. I know, you know, I know Marcus. I know Marcus, you know. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. So, I thought you were talking about all the Washington Commanders news. And I, you know, I'm curious what you're going to do when that other pant load from Dallas comes to come and visit. Are you going to cry for him, too, or what? I mean, <laughs> these two, you talk about two overrated players. And when you guys, I was, I really was, I mean, Mego. I, ha- I think you have incredible um, sports knowledge, especially compared to the prom queen in the morning. But, I mean, let's be nice here. Get over Marcus. We, I mean, he is what he is. I'm glad the fans like him. He, Jonesy, I'm, I'm totally with you on this and flopping all over the floor and diving and this and that. I mean, he's half the player it, that White is and a third of the players. Yeah. That, uh, Drew Holiday. I follow. So, Kevin, it, have you ever seen – have you ever seen a highlight montage like that? <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen a highlight montage like honoring a player with flops in it. He's a human penguin. I've never I've never seen that. I've seen a lot of and trust me, the Celtics have celebrated worse players who have come back through. Like Marcus Smart, for as much as I'll criticize the commentary around him, good little player. Way overrated, but good little player. You know, and, you know, he's, it's not like honoring Scott Pollard or some bum on the 2008 Celtics. the Jonas Jarebko tribute video. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, some bum coming back in who, like, won a title or, you know, uh, some of those guys, he's better than some of these players. He, I'll acknowledge that. I've never seen a video with guys flopping and diving for loose balls and things. I've never seen a video like that. Where it's just that. 
I mean, that's like, that's mostly it what hey, it was. Like Larry Bird's got some clip for his diving for the ball. Some of it was taking charges. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, okay fine. Flopping. Like Bird's got some of the, you know, like Dave Cowens or whatever. They have they have uh, highlights diving for the ball, but they also have like dunks and three pointers yeah. and you know good plays on offense. I've never seen like, it. And smart, in fairness, with him and Williams had the lob going for a couple years. Like, there's probably some highlights there they could have used, but that's not what people remember about Marcus Smart. They don't remember that he was actually like kind of an underrated point guard. So, it's all just about the flops and the. Charges. And all that stuff. I would never use the word underrated with him, but so so you know, let's let's retire the number and put it in the rafters. Says Gary Washburn, who I like, but my God, uh, Greg is in Maine. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, after you guys, how are you? Hey, Greg. Good. Good. So I'll, I'll say quickly that I think uh, um, the the New England Patriots offseason so far has been underwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's all going to come down to what they do with that number three overall pick. That's how we're all going to view and judge this offseason. We'll judge and free agency, And my argument too. there is real simple. Do what now? We'll judge free agency as it's happening. Keep going, Greg. All right, well, fair enough. Uh, but what I would say is that it all comes down for me to that number three overall pick. And the only right answer is to take the best available player. It, bad teams stay bad because they reach, and they take players that really shouldn't be taken as high as they are drafted. And I would say if Marvin Harrison Jr. is still there at three, that's the guy. If, if you really think one of these quarterbacks is better, then take them. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. And if it is a tackle and you don't like the value at three, then trade out. But anything other than the very best available player at that spot is the wrong choice. So I would say this. Like, if you don't like the quarterbacks and you trade down to eight, you know, you trade down to ten, you trade down to twelve, and you pick up assets and then you get your tackle. Better be some good assets. <laughs> I would at least get it. I'm not going to like it. I'm not telling you that I'm going to approve of it, but I would at least get it. If if they sit at three and pass on a quarterback and pass on Harrison and take a tackle, that's, just, that, that's just bad business. That's bad business because you know, you know Harrison is coveted. I think these quarterbacks are coveted. We're going to find out. I think these quarterbacks are coveted. You know there's a team that needs a quarterback that's going to move up. So if you are intent at taking a tackle, Elliot Wolf, according to Jeff Howe, you should trade back and get your guy at 5, 8, 10, whatever it is. You don't sit there and take him at 3 when you can add extra assets. And I know what Patriots fans are going to say. You used to rip Bill Belichick when he traded back. Yeah, he was trading from like 21 to 29 for Cole Strange. When you're at 3 and there is a potential franchise quarterback there, the haul you can get for moving back, if, you, if you're convinced the tackle's the best player, I at least get it. I won't approve of it. I won't like it. But I at least get it. Yeah, you don't take a tackle at three, especially when you don't have any weapons and you don't really have a starting quarterback. I just would continue to ask, like, I understand the rationale of taking the best player available. Like, I I agree with that. You shouldn't reach and you shouldn't force. And we saw what happened with that when you had the number 15 pick. Like, I, I, I totally agree with that. I would just ask you, Okay, yes, and where are you getting your quarterback? Right. That that's the part that nobody that everybody that I'm getting a little sick of everybody just kinda yada yadding past like yeah, so, oh Kirk Cousins. Oh, so I don't Arcan's know. One of those. We'll, we'll go get Michael Penix. Or, Arcan's one like, of those. okay, so do you believe in that guy? Like, does that matter to Arcan, you? Does the quarterback plan matter to you? Where are you do getting you have your somebody that you have conviction with with quarterback as much as you do Marvin Harrison Jr.? Ask him. Where are you okay. getting quarterback? I mean, there's several avenues that you could go to, to get it. There's guys you can get later on in the first round who I don't think are that much different or that much okay. worse Where? than some How of the top three. The Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Okay. Uh, McCarthy is so another is, one. So I don't think Meg- that those guys are that much different. But this is Mego's point. So you're okay starting Bo Nix on day one next year? Absolutely not. Sure. Okay. If you put the right offense around them. I, I, the more I see a Bo Nix, the more I'm saying no. Look, 
I'm okay with starting a rookie. Bo Nix is not my pick. No, uh, Bo. I would I would take Michael Penix over Bo Nix. Injury and age concerns and everything else. And Nix has the same age concerns. You know, for an old rookie, when mm-hmm. I say age concerns. But so okay, but that's that's your plan. Is that's Bo a plan Nicks. that I could be talked into. Sure, yeah. Okay. Bo Nix with uh, Harrison at third overall, and you uh, sign a couple of wide receivers. I think you could work with that. I think you could work with uh, Baker Mayfield. I think that uh, what if he's not available? If Baker he's not Mayfield's available, not, not going to be available. available. Well, how do you know that? Because all the reports say that they're yeah. working for an extension. I mean, maybe I'm, they are, but if not, if that falls apart, then he'll be available. But I'm so. with I'm with Mego. I, the The likelihood of Mayfield being available, I think, is low. You don't want to pay Kirk Cousins. I know that. I would rather not. I'd rather not pay Mayfield either, honestly. But you're asking where you can find okay. other quarterbacks. You can point. find him. You could trade for Justin Fields. You can Pe- do other things. People do, and if your answer is Nick's, fine. Your answer is Bo Nick's. So make sure you don't miss out on him. Make sure you get him. I saw him go like 14 in a mock draft. I've today. seen I've seen him moving up in the mocks too. So, so like, if you, know, you have to trade that second round way. pick to get up and get him, then do it. Yeah. yeah, but okay, but I'm just saying. I'm hoping so, this Senior Bowl performance knocks him back down a but, little bit. But you're afraid. <laughs> well, the mock draft Be a came out more attainable. The mock draft came out after the Senior Bowl. Uh, so, oh, it yeah, it came out right. It was the the Matt Miller uh, NFL draft scout one at ESPN that, today, we, that yes. I was looking at today. Yeah, it came out today. I saw one last week that had him up higher than the... Okay, so Arkan at least has an answer. I, I agree with you, Mego. A lot of people just yada yada past the quarterback. They're like, eh, figure it out. You need a quarterback this year. Uh, the one I can be talked into is Fields if he's available. Like, the Caleb Williams stuff is very, very interesting. We played some of it last week with Colin Cowherd. There's more to it today now that the Bears, uh, I'm sorry, that the Commanders, rather, are bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. Like, people are connecting dots to Washington at number two. Caleb Williams is from there, as you said last week, Mego. Now Kingsbury is there. It's his college coach. And so, or, or, you know, was uh, rather on staff there, I should say. And so you're starting to connect dots to Caleb Williams. And does that mean the Bears would wind up keeping someone like Justin Fields? I don't know. So you're going to need someone to play quarterback. It better not be Mac Jones. And I feel like there's a yada, a lot of yada yadaing past it. To to use your word, Mego. All well, it wasn't to, my word. It was Seinfeld's word. Oh well, true. But in this in this case, your word. Uh, the caller just brought this up, and largely I agree with this for crappy teams. Best player available for years with the Patriots was an overrated draft strategy. The Patriots, when they were winning championships and trying to fill their team around Brady, should have been drafting for need. I agreed with them drafting for need. You're a good team. You have holes. Fill those with a good player. You don't just take the best player available. I didn't believe. Now that you suck again, I largely agree with that, but I I would skew towards finding a quarterback because until you have one, you're screwed. I don't care if you have a great tackle or a great receiver or a great tight end or whatever. If you don't have the quarterback, you're screwed. I just want to know why people are so casual about the quarterback position. And it tends to be because they just want Marvin Harrison Jr. And then whatever it is is like, oh, well, I don't know, someone in free agency who's in their 30s or somebody who's probably not going to be available or somebody, and I'm not picking on you, Arkan. Well, I'm casual about it because I don't like these rookie quarterbacks. That's why I'm not banging down the door for one of them. If I thought one of them was really going to well, be special, down the door I'd for feel one. different. No, I'm not. But at Nick's, some point, you got to get I'm not get banging down the do door think, for Nick. Well, he's your plan for quarterback Okay, next year. Jones, I said Nick's if he's available at the end of the round. If Penix is available, I take him. I take whoever you can get. I'm okay. not saying Nick's you has sound to like, be the guy. You sound like the Patriots hiring an offensive coordinator right now, Arkan. No, I'm like, not. It doesn't sound like you have much of a plan Does for quarterback. Does Elliott know Bo Nick's? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like you're flying by the seat of your pants at quarterback, like the Patriots are with their coordinators. It so. isn't really about that. For me, it's about building up the offense, and I think the quarterbacks 
sort of a secondary problem. You think it's priority number one. Both of you are dead set on quarterbacks. Yes. You have to have one this year. Yes. You have to draft one, and if you don't, you blew it. I don't really agree with that. I don't. I think you can build up an offense this year, have someone run it for a year, and then next year go back into the quarterback market if that's something you really think is important. I'm not that sold that this year's a great year to do that. I'm just not. I know you have the third overall pick. You might not get it again, but I'd use it to take a, a superstar wide receiver, and then you get the quarterback some other time. Arkan, this might just be... I don't think it needs to happen. That's like the definition of yada yada. No, 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 no. No, I I hear what he's saying. I think that would be a really good... Like, this is kind of like the conversation that we were having last week, and now that I'm hearing other people have... About, like, hey, which way would you like to go? Would you like them to get the quarterback a la Kansas City? Or would you like them to go do the 49ers kind of model of building everything out around and then plug a quarterback in and have this system? Where I'm coming from is you don't have an offensive system, it seems like. You don't have an offensive, like, super powerhouse coach who's coming in or Mike McDaniel or someone like that coming from someone else's system who's going to implement all these ideas. So I'm like, since you have absolutely nothing here, maybe you should start out by finding the most talented quarterback that you believe in and trying to plug him in and then build out around depending on that quarterback. How about a couple of names? Jim's in the car with a name for Patriots quarterback. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, uh, Russell Wilson. Then you can draft uh, draft a little lower, get a good developable, uh, developable talent. Arkan, you're nodding. I don't hate that. Like, you probably won't have to pay a ton of money for Russell Wilson. Well, or if you trade for him, you probably won't end up having to cost you. Well, that if, you're, much. if you're trading for him, you're going to be on the hook for some of that He'll salary. But he, some of it, but he but might yeah. get he might get outright released. I don't love it. You know, I mean, if you're talking about a bridge quarterback. Well, fine. That's a decent bridge quarterback, but I, I wouldn't want him starting more than like a month to hand over the reins to a young kid, and he feels overqualified to do that. And I wonder how good of a teammate he'd be in the room for something like that. Like, I, he feels overqualified for that to me. And you know me. I believe in playing a quarterback day one. Like, I'm fine with you. If you like Bo Nix, I'm fine with saying play Bo Nix day one. I don't love Nix. I'd go with Penix over that, but I'm fine with playing a quarterback day one. Um I also just think I'm a complete brat, and I've just been watching like mostly bad quarterback play for five years. And I'm like, can we get can 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 there be something like can yeah. someone to inspire me? Right. Can there be like a good quarterback that looks like he has a real really high upside and that I can be excited about instead of like, oh, okay, we're gonna bring in washed washed Russell Wilson to like play on one leg and yeah. win two games. It's like just, I, I just don't want to go through it again. Russell Wilson would be a massive a improvement for what we've had just the last Unlimited. And he, I'm not even a huge fan of his, but I mean that would be a major step no. up. Oh no, he's he was better, good last he's year. Better than Mac. I tried to tell you guys that last offseason. He's better than Mac. Uh, when it comes to uh, f- uh, Flacco, I see Flacco suggested a lot on the text line. <laughs> no. What do you mean, no? I don't want Flacco. Why not? Because I'm not in what love about for the with same, his what about resurgence for, like you have. What about for the same thing that the, the, the caller was referencing? Yeah, I got to start for like a you, month. I don't, I don't want that. No, no. Draft Sam Hartman and it's save no. like $80 million. No, 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 no. A guy, to, a guy. what we were just talking about with Russell yeah, yeah. Wilson, to start for He's a, a month to keep, the, to keep the seat warm. He's right. a tiny bridge. Like, do, doesn't he feel like he might do that, whereas Russell Wilson, I think, is going to bristle at doing that? He's too yeah, qualified I, to do I'm it. I'm wondering, like, how many opportunities he's going to have now because of what he did with the Browns. Like, he might... You might not be able to get him. You can get him as a backup, I bet. And that's the type of backup I want for starters, a rookie. If you get, if they're started. dead set on getting right. the rookie there, I'd like Flacco to be the backup. It's like Minshew, you know, like number one, he's not going to be a direct competition with the starter. And if he goes in, you know, he can do something. I mean, he did something with the Browns last year. Yeah, I'd love a backup like him. Again, if if, if, if you, that's the way they go, if you're married to this idea where your rookie can't play week one, which I think is stupid, but if you're married to that idea, Flacco for like a month, that's fine. And he feels much more qualified to do that than than Russell Wilson. 
but the idea would still be handing off to your quarterback of the future. Uh, 617-779-7937. How did we get on this? Flacco? No, we just like went on the longest quarterback. <laughs> they went down the longest. This was not the Well, plan. you called out all the this people. This was very Patriots. You we called out all the people a- yada yada in quarterback and one sitting right to your left. So that's that's how we went off on this tangent. I thought we were talking about the coaching staff. Somehow we just talked about quarterback for huh? 10 minutes. We'll get back into the coaching staff coming up. Uh, we also have triple play next. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play. The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples makes it safe, and you can treat your Valentine at the 99 restaurants February 13th and 14th and enjoy delicious menu specials like the lobster-topped attic or the New York strip and lobster casserole combo. Oh, boy. Uh, you got to love the nines. I might take myself there for Valentine's See, Day. See, I'm sure there are people out there who, who feel like that's not like a genuine reaction for oh, no, Arkan. It is. But Hungry Arkan, like quarter of five, that's a, mm-hmm. it's a very genuine, authentic reaction from Arkan, especially knowing the man's affinity for shellfish. Oh, yeah. Especially knowing that. Are you a big shellfish guy? Oh, you ever heard him? You ever heard him go on and on about crab and the lobster biggest. and everything else? Yeah, I know you like lobster. You like crab? Uh huh. I like oysters. I like clams. I like pretty much everything. Have Every- you ever had like real Maryland blue crab? Oh yeah, definitely. And, and how do you feel about that versus a main oy- a main oyster, a main lobster? Um, I'll take the lobster over the crab, but I do enjoy crab. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, anyway, I'm done with you. It is Monday. That makes it a buy or sell Monday. So let's start buying and selling. Number one. Buy or sell, Mego. That. Steve Belichick will be successful as the defensive coordinator of the Washington Huskies. So, I think it's already like a big move that he's finally moving on from Dada, as you would say, Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he's finally flying the nest, and he's flying all the way to Washington. I more think it's interesting because he and Gerard Mayo are buds. So, what was he offered here, and what made him go? The McAdoo job. And I know, and he doesn't want it. So he's like, he, is that his loyalty to his dad? That he's like, I just can't be here without my dad. It'll make that too weird. Does that point to some animosity with Bill Belichick that he certainly has directed back there where it's like he's not going to be invited to Thanksgiving or the Nantucket house, even though maybe Linda's still there in Sconset. Like, who knows? And so I, I look at it and I go, I think it's a big step for him. 
even if maybe he's being kind of emotionally forced into that step by the rest of his family. And so I already deem it a success for going there. Okay. I look, <laughs> I, it's, it was an interesting way to get there. I just, I don't, I don't think Bill has any love loss for the organization right now. Maybe they'll get over it and they'll get past it. He got past things with Bill Parcells and he got past things with Brady. And I think those were real bad relationships for a time that got mended. So maybe this will get mended too. Yes, I think Bill has a lot of animosity here. It's probably why Steve Belichick isn't here. But you know what's incredible to me? Steve Belichick had to go to college football without his dad. And even still, it's a relationship with his father. Jed Fish was on staff here only for a short period of time, but was on staff here, went to the University of Arizona, had a very good year, and now is signed like a long-term deal with the University of Washington. He had to go to college football. Like all this nonsense about how Steve Belichick is qualified, Steve Belichick is going to be a future head coach in the NFL. He couldn't get a coordinator job in the NFL. Who said he was going to be a future head coach? I mean, Patriots fans. Oh. So he couldn't get he couldn't get a coordinator's job in the NFL. He has to go to college football to be a defensive coordinator with another one of his dad's hires. And maybe he has a relationship with Jed, uh, Jed Fish. They were on staff together. But it's still a guy his dad hired. It's still a Bill Belichick connection. Enough with the idea that Steve was like... <laughs> Uh, accomplished and did all this. Uh, you know, he would have done this without uh, Bill Belichick, and he's a good football coach. We're going to find out. My guess is those Washington defenses are going to get torched, and we're never going to hear from him as an NFL candidate again because he's never a real one without his dad. All right, let's get to our second buy yourself. Number two. It is the seven-year anniversary from Super Bowl 51. That is the Patriots and the Falcons, 28-3. to Buy or sell Adam Jones that that was the greatest Super Bowl ever played. No, sell. Uh, 42, fans don't like to hear it. Super Bowl 42 is a great, great Super It has everything. It's it's a Super Bowl that's going to live on forever. Now, you were on the wrong side of it, but an undefeated team losing... Don't look at me when you say that. I'm not that fan. But I'm just saying, an undefeated team losing, that's probably the best Super Bowl. There are other very well-played ones that were more entertaining. You know, Arizona and Pittsburgh, wildly underrated Super Bowl. I loved, was it Super Bowl... Uh, I get my numbers wrong now. Was it wh- what was the Patriots in Carolina? What Super Bowl was that? Like that was a spectacular Super Bowl. Get the number. The best one the Patriots played in was the Patriots and Seahawks, and that's on the short list for the best Super Bowls of all time. That was a spectacular Super Bowl. It was a defending champ in the Seattle Seahawks from the year before. It had star power. It had a huge moment with Malcolm Butler getting the interception at the end. It was like this wild roller coaster of the Patriots being out of it, the Patriots being back in it. You know, you have the crazy catch on the sideline, and then Malcolm Butler with the play at the end while Pete Carroll looks like a moron on the other side. That's a great, great Super Bowl. It's a top three all-time Super Bowl. The best one's 42. And and I don't I don't have 28-3 to three as high on the list as some others do. Great comeback, not a great game. Does that make sense? See, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think 49 is the best one. I That's absolutely my favorite one. I thought it was the two best teams, and you don't always get that. Like, you can definitely argue that Kansas City isn't one of the two best teams in the league right now. They have, the by far and away, the best player, and so it makes sense that they're there. But you know what I'm saying? Like, top to bottom, it felt like absolutely you couldn't argue against those two teams being there. And as you said, total roller coaster. Uh, the last like four minutes, the last two minutes were just incredible. So I, I think I'd go with that one. The 28 to 3 one, like the first half was not good. You know, like most of the game uh, the was. The first just, three quarters weren't good. The, yeah, most of the game was just not a very watchable product. Super Bowl and then, 42 wasn't a good. It was 17 14. I'm not arguing a good for 42. No, I'm yelling at Jones 49. now. You're saying 42 was such a better game. It was 17 yeah. 14. It was a close game, unlike Super Bowl uh, 50. 
51. Now I'm getting all my numbers. 51, yeah, 51. Went, to, went to overtime. Yeah, I know because for but one, most for of the one game, good, it, it was, was 28 it to like three. Arcan, yeah. right? And, and, and then the greatest comeback in yeah, Super Bowl history it wasn't, happened. It was a and great comeback. Over ten, no okay. other games well, ever gone to overtime. Don't get all defensive over your question over there. It's not the well, greatest no, Super Bowl well, of all time. Defensive over do you think your it's reasoning. The no, I, I do. Don't yes. Think it's, no, oh, I'm asking Arkan. I think it is. Yes. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. The, you can make a good argument for it. It's like the third best one the Patriots Honestly, played. Honestly, it's the fourth just like best one the Patriots 49 played. Forty nine is my favorite. I'll just say it that yeah, way. Yeah, that was a better. That was a be- definitively a better Super Bowl. The one against the Seahawks. Forty nine. It was just. Yeah, it was just a great 38 game. Thirty eight was the Carolina one, and forty two. Uh, it was not a high scoring game. Uh, but again, you have an undefeated team losing. That's an all-time Super Bowl. All right, let's get to our third buy or sell. Number three. All right, Taylor Swift Midnights was the album of the year at the Grammys last night. Buy or sell, Mego, that Midnights deserved to win album of the year over the other nominees, Boy Genius, <laughs> Janelle Monet, John Batiste, Lana Del Rey, Miley Cyrus, Olivia Rodrigo, and SZA. Uh, buy or sell, Taylor Swift deserved to win. You're going to get me in trouble. Um, like deserves to win. I guess she won it. I think she really won it for her tour, though, right? I mean, like she had this incredible worldwide phenomenon. Was the year of, of Taylor the Swift, yeah? Eras tour, and then the the movie about the tour. So I think it was kind of just like an overall honor of Taylor Swift being alive last year and doing everything she did. Out of all those albums, the only one that I like really love is the Olivia Rodrigo one. Like we had our own Rodrigo Day that we celebrated. Mm-hmm. In our personal lives, and that's the only album that I really listen to front to back out of all those. Okay, well, I, that was actually going to be my question. I, I think it was deserving. I buy that it was deserving. There's only three... No, I take that back. There's only two albums I've listened to, Wire to Wire, and there's only one that I was even overly familiar with beyond listening to it, Wire to Wire. I, I listen to Midnight a lot, listen to Rodrigo Guts a lot. Miley Cyrus, I've heard a bunch of songs off of. I'm not sure I've actually heard that full album. I, have I heard a song off of Janelle Monet? Have I heard a song off of John Baptiste's album, who had a good performance last night at the Grammys? Uh, Lana Del Rey, no idea. SZA, I heard like 18 billion songs of hers last night. She was every other commercial and performance at the Grammys last night. So a couple of her songs I know just off the radio. But yeah, I would buy that it's deserving, but I, I, I'm not the person to ask anymore. I don't follow music like I used to. I've never been the biggest mer- uh, music person uh, ever. And so, yeah, when Taylor Swift comes out, I'm going to listen to her album. Like her next album, I'll listen to that. All these other artists, maybe I'll hear a few songs of theirs on the radio, but that's it. The Tortured Poets? You yeah. excited for The Tortured Poets? I don't know if I love the name, but I'll I'll probably like it. I'll probably eventually like it, our kid. She starts dating a football player, now she's a tortured poet? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Pretty good. I like it. You, you think there's already some Kelsey songs? There's not going to be breakup songs on that one. Uh, no, which is going to be a challenge, I'd imagine. It's probably going to be about all the all the newfound pressures of being the it yeah. girl at NFL game. Yeah, about know? the haters. All the yeah. haters hate me dancing in the in the luxury. Chad's box, and you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Chad's and Brad's. Tony good. Dungy was mean to me. It's <laughs> a good name for a song, is what I would say. Someone said she's going to do a cover of Margaritaville with Andy Reid. <laughs> I would like that. I would like that a lot. I support that idea. Uh, so there you go. It's triple play each and every day at this time. Have you heard any of those albums, Arkan? Um, nope. <laughs> not, <laughs> not one? All the way through, I haven't heard any of them, no. I've, not even not even Taylor. I've not heard Taylor's album all the way through. I'm not a huge fan of hers. Guts is a good album. I'll yeah. tell you what, it's all broads. He's you like notice this? <laughs> it, like, it's like, the album of the well, year is all, all women, except for John Batiste. Boy Genius is three women. It's all, I'm just saying, yeah. like, the bro- the women hey, represented it's all very broads. well Tuts. in this, I would say. I, uh, so boy, it's the year of the broads. Boy Genius, they're like, yeah, these these girls are all, I'd never even heard of Boy Genius until I watched the Grammys last night. Oh, it's Phoebe Bridgers. Okay, who is that? 
She's she's big. You should know her. Uh, she can't be that big. I'll send you some stuff. They're like they're, she toured with Taylor Swift last okay, year. Okay, but so what? So she opened for Taylor Swift. What does that mean? Festivals. What does that mean? It means you're a pretty big deal. Yeah, but I mean, but so she she's a big deal because of Taylor Swift. No, she was a big deal way before that. Because she opened for Taylor Swift. So here's my point. How do you think you get asked to open for Taylor Swift? Here's here's my point. Kind of have to be a big deal. Here's my point. If you'd let me get my point out, there are three there are three people there are three people in Boy Genius. And they're like, they're all these big names. They're all these big stars. I'm like, I've never heard of any of I them. I don't really know the other ones that Yeah, well, exactly. Thank you. This but is my Phoebe point. Bridgers is like pretty They're big. like, they're all independently big stars on their own. I'm like, no, they're not. No, they aren't. And even Phoebe Bridgers isn't big on her own. She's big because of Taylor Swift. No, she's not. Jones, she was very famous. When I asked you she what she like, did, you said she I'm opened saying, for Taylor Swift. No, I'm saying she was famous before that. You should know her because she opened that you big tour that you're obsessed with. I, I, all I know is when I just asked you what she did, that's what you told because me. Because I'm trying to talk down to you to get to your level. <laughs> she Phoebe, you're saying too. what you know her for. Phoebe exactly. Bridgers. I, d- Arcan, you're familiar with Boy Genius? You said no. You haven't heard any of their songs. I didn't say I knew any of these okay. people. Well, so yeah, she's not just talking down to me. I don't, I don't know any broads. of these people. All the... I don't know any of these bros. How come Arkin can just like sit there and be like, I don't like Taylor Swift? Yeah, the names are taken all He did tuck that in. Well, you just openly uh, hate her. Arkin, Arkin said he, I've listened to some of her. Arkin said he's not really, a big fan. I put a Taylor Swift song on our story today for you our o- show. You openly don't like her. No, I just don't really care for her music that much. That's okay. You know, it's it's okay, but just wear it. Don't hide from it. Well, I don't know why he gets to just like say it and then keep moving on with the segment. Well, because it's the first time he's ever brought it up. You bring up all the time how much you don't like her. And I like other really. Taylor Swift albums, and so I just I didn't listen to this one. Oh, you just didn't like Midnight's? I didn't listen to it. I don't know. Maybe I'd, maybe I'd love it. I just haven't listened to it. I, I, after 89, I stopped uh, really <laughs> listening seriously to her. Well, that's her best album. I think we can all agree. We all agree. Uh, 617. Oh, I thought he meant like after the year of 89. After, he stopped listening to new music. Uh, once she was born, I stopped yes. listening to new music. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, we'll get back to all your feedback on this. I do want to circle back to, uh, well, Patrick Mahomes chasing down Tom Brady, Super Bowl 58. All our thoughts on that next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ucla speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.